Welcome to the Dig In Travel Podcast, where travel and other digital professionals level up their marketing skills by listening to the top industry experts. And now, here's your host, Istok Franco, founder of DigInTravel.com, your number one resource for travel, digital, e-commerce, and marketing. Hi, this is Istok, and you're listening to episode 37 of the Dig In Travel Podcast. This is the third episode in our digital cabin and digital retailing series. But before we dig into it, let me tell something to all of you who are interested more in our typical digging trail topics. So e-commerce, digital marketing, analytics, and conversion optimization. We'll get back to that in our next episode, where we'll have a very interesting person from Southwest Airlines talking about their digital product, innovation, experimentation, development, and tons of other interesting stuff. We'll publish the next episode soon, and I promise it will be a very exciting one. In this one, my friend and co-host Henry and I, we talked to Victoria Kutzerola. She is a senior consultant for marketing, strategy, and sustainability at CETA. Victoria and CETA are supporting this podcast for a while now, and we talked about all kinds of things on today's show from key learnings from our past episodes to digital retailing, digital cabin, cabin digitalization, and all other interesting things. We experimented a bit with a different format for this chat. It wasn't as much me or Henry interviewing Victoria as it was more like a joint brainstorming session about the key concepts and challenges of our industry. I really enjoyed this setup We had a lot of fun with it, and I hope you will too. As always, you can reach out to me or Henry and let us know how you like our content. Now, please enjoy the show. Hi, Victoria. Hi, Henry. Welcome to the Digging Trail podcast. Hi, Stok. Hi, Henry. Hello. Hello to you both. Yeah, now now we are used to this multi-time zone, multi-location podcast by now. Uh, yeah, you don't know you don't know what to say. Good morning, good afternoon. Yeah, good I, don't, I don't even try anymore because... <laughs> Another good spin around the sun. Yeah. Well, I must say, uh, Victoria, for everybody who is listening, Victoria is in UK, in London, so she's only one plus one hour to my time zone. But the prior two podcasts, or especially the prior that we do with Lee, who is in New Zealand and Henry in San Francisco, we had like one hour window every day to get the three of us <laughs> and Henry had to wake up early. So I think this one is, this one will be fine. Right, Henry? Or uh, what's the time uh, in San Francisco? Uh, well, we're recording this just after 9 a.m. Uh, oh, California, but it's a Monday morning. So, you know, 9 a.m. Yeah. on Monday. <laughs> Never. No, it's harsh. No, never. And Victoria, you had uh, the, the room, the uh, the light in your room is too bright, and that's something that's unusual for the UK, right? Exactly. I mean, all the good omens for the day. So okay. <laughs> hopefully, the sun will carry us through the hard days. Okay, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. So the idea today for this podcast is to reflect a little bit from our prior podcasts. We did two episodes with a special topic where we expanded the scope, let's say, from what we typically talk about at Digging Travel and with Henry is typically e-commerce, digital marketing, so more like digital e-learning. 
And now we wanted to expand this to onboard also physical retailing or digital retailing on board. And we had two great guests with tons of airline experience. I think Lee and Emilio worked for eight airlines in total between them. <laughs> so <laughs> that's really a lot of uh, real airline experience. So maybe to start, what were your impressions? And I'm thinking, was there something that really intrigued you? Or is there something that jumped out? Or is was there more a general ongoing team? And Victoria, do you want to go ladies first or you want Henry to start? <laughs> well, you know, we're trying to be equal in the society now. So Henry, if you're burning, please go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, one thing that I would say that has impressed me is our both of our two guests have worked for airlines that have really, really pushed forward with not just the ancillary marketing at the point of first reservation on the website, but thinking through steps to take uh, with the onboard experience uh, uh, and, and also post-booking uh, ancillary marketing and sales opportunities. And I think that both of these areas, the post-booking and the onboard experience are very, very ripe for further development uh, testing and innovation. Uh, and uh, what also, uh, uh, you know, I like is, is that we are looking at companies that are using elements of technology such as artificial intelligence uh, uh, and, and data analytics uh, uh, and more to refine all aspects of what they do both on the plane and off the plane. So, uh, you know, airlines don't always get the credit they deserve. And, and I think that, that these two guests certainly have great experience and showed examples of some airlines that are really trying to be and are being pioneers. Yeah, and like you said, I think Lee talked about, they were like one of the early adopters of AI, more on the, the e-commerce front where they're experimenting, testing with uh, ancillary flows, flows, propensity calculations for different propensity from different people. And these are maybe some of the concepts that we can then apply also in other touch points, like you said, onboard, post-booking. I think with uh, Lee, we even talked about airport a little bit. What I liked maybe from my side was also the this contrast of because I think especially uh, Emilio, he worked both for traditional airlines and low-cost airlines and this different mindset, change of mindset, because we saw, or at least I see this with my digital analysis on the websites, how low-cost airlines have this digital first mindset and they really do things differently. And I think it reflects even more on the onboarding and their retailing focus for the low-cost airlines compared to their traditional airlines. And yeah. in both worlds, this is what I see in both worlds, so both on the digital and the e-commerce and on onboard retailing, I think the traditional airlines are trying to catch up. I don't know, Victoria, yeah. what do you think? 
Well, totally. I mean, I can see you guys trying to summarize what you heard from both Emilia and Lee, and I was I was listening to them as well, and I wondered how amazing these guys are. <laughs> I mean, they know so much, and you know, you talk, you finished every single podcast with saying, "Well, we got so much information," and I'm thinking, "Yeah, we did." <laughs> it was like information overload from both of them, uh, which was uh, incredibly fascinating, of course. But you're right, the common theme that I've noticed between them was that how do you capture a customer on board, right? Mm -hmm. Because customer goes through so many stages before they even reach the board. They already have gone through the airport. They experience all of the things you can experience at the airport. They've engaged with so many stakeholders there. And now they finally arrive on board and what do you do, right? How do you highlight that? even like for the short haul market, that this one to two hours flight is the key to capturing their attention, right? right. <laughs> and one theme that stood out to me, but both guys didn't mention it, but how I saw it is that what we're all trying to do is trying to find the value that we all can bring to a passenger. Because mm-hmm. passenger, what like they have different perspective of what is amazing for them, but what we're trying to do is give it to them, mm-hmm. make sure that their journey is as unique as it's possible. And you're right, Istock, the tech, the AI, everything matters. And especially data, both Emilia and Lee mentioned data many, many times. And Emilia said data, 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 which was, uh, yeah, which is true. But what do we do to make sure that we translate it in a unique value for the, for the passengers on flight during the stage where they've gone through the airport, they've boarded the cabin and they're flying. So what happens then? This is, this is I think, what we need to understand to make things different for every single passenger on flight. I want to build on something that Victoria said, because everything that Victoria said, of course, makes a lot of sense. But, you know, just as there is the the positive, if you will, there is the, you know, uh, positive in sense of what's being discussed. There is the negative, the gap, the empty space of what's not being done well enough. And one thing that airlines it appears are not doing a good enough job is linking the transactions that occur on the plane to the passenger uh, uh, so that the airline can build out not only insights about the passenger, what does this customer buy and not buy, but contribute that towards developing the, the lifetime value of the passenger, the profitability of that passenger. So that going to a point that Emilio raised in our first conversation, you have an opportunity at an airline, and some airlines do this, where you offer a bundle, let's say coffee and a a breakfast pastry or beer in the morning, beer and a snack or whatever in the afternoon. Morning beer, Karen. What? I said morning beer. (laughs) Yep. If that's what you're into, great. You know, there's... (laughs) Time zones don't exist on at airports and on airplanes, yes. but but you know what's not being done is to say okay, Emilio likes this, Victoria buys this or doesn't buy this, Henry you know buys this doesn't buy that, and that means that the airline misses the opportunity to then send out targeted offers perhaps during the initial booking process, before check in or something that they can then use. To say, ah, okay, we need to make sure we provision this on the plane. We've already sold it. That's why, um, yeah, we are. You see, we are such a good combo already because it's something that I wanted to mention and I talk about specifically about that because 
what I'm saying, I think, for mm. a long time now, and this is what I want to ask you then, Victoria, is mm-hmm. I think we still see as cabin as I call it a digital black hole, you know, even mm-hmm. if we have in-flight entertainment, we have some digital elements, even Wi-Fi now, but it's like completely isolated. And this is what Harry was mm-hmm. talking about, how we can use. So we know. We know a lot about the customer online, on our websites, on our mobile app, and I teach through our academy. How can we know even better? How can we optimize everything? How we can upsell? But then when we want to meet this customer physically, when Mm. he boards our plane, I think we lose a lot of this information. And part of this is, okay, this is what both guests talked about and what I think you will tell us a little bit more because this is what you specialize, how mm. we can get some of this information to the cabin crew. But why why is there such a big gap? So this is maybe a question for you. Why is there this such a big gap and mm. uh, how can we bridge it maybe? That's a very good point, Istok, and that's something that we faced as well because, I mean, our goal is to help our customers and our customers are airlines, right? So the value that we deliver, we want to make sure that it goes to benefit every single airline in many possible ways. So what we face is that airlines um, cascade their priorities depending on the situation, right? So, and you heard that from your guest as well. Emilia and Lee said that is too, right? Yeah. Uh, and it depends on the market situation, right? If we look at the market right now, what do we see? What is the priority? So we are in extreme recovery. So the priority is to generate money, right? This is what we're going to focus on. Then step a little bit back and we see that how to achieve that even more is to make sure that your operation is as smooth as possible. And this is cascades and cascades and down. Many people, many stakeholders and airlines have different opinions. Many CEXOs <laughs> have different views. And we arrive at the point where the value of airline is their passengers, right? What they deliver to their passengers is what enables them to fly. I mean, Lee said, at the end of the day, you need to make sure that you take your passenger from A to B. This is the end of it, right? But how you do it differs by an airline. And what we've noticed that the cabin crew is not really attached to the whole scheme of events, right? So cabin crew is once again like this black gap in the middle of everybody. There are people on the ground who are preparing the flight. There are people who are looking at the flight when it flies. There are people at the airport who are looking at the flight and airlines. But when it comes to the cabin crew, it's kind of, it's not a, it's not a big scheme of events. It's not considered as influential moment because your passengers are already there. They already arrived. They're already sitting. This already happened. They're already coming from A to B. That's it. There is not much to do. But what we're trying to do, we're trying to educate. That's that's not the thing, right? That's because your cabin crew translates into so many things. And how do you put the value on your lifetime customer? How do you measure that? If somebody liked flying with you the first time and they come the second time and they become a lifetime customer, how do you measure that? So this is this is what we specialize in. And I think coming back to your question, Istok, sorry, um, I just deviated because <laughs> so many things I wanted to say about the oh, cabin no crew and our interactions with the airlines and the way we see it is uh, uh, highlighting the value that the cabin crew can bring equipped with the digital tools about their cus- customers, about their passengers, so they can interact with them in a meaningful way, so they can say things that matter to them. Right. And if, if I may, 
Sure, um, sure. You know, Victoria, I think you made a really important point that the cabin crew are isolated in certain ways from the product development standpoint and so much more. They're treated as this group that is just told, go out and sell this stuff. Um, uh, uh, and, and in, you know, in some ways, I think even on you know, low cost and ultra low cost airlines, there may be an outmoded or irrelevant view of what cabin crew does in terms of the passenger and the value they create. And one of the things that we have found in our research is that a good cabin crew, an engaged cabin crew, can really contribute substantially to the passenger satisfaction with the flight. And it's, you know, when you get on a budget airline, you know, because the airline is very clear that pretty much anything you want on that flight is going to be something you pay for. So the passenger accepts that. But the way, the attitude of the crew, their knowledge of the product, um, the way they're trained to sell can really have an effect. The way they interact with the passenger has a huge effect. And this is obviously true on a, a more traditional type of airline, uh, including the so-called full service carriers uh, as well. And, and what I've heard from flight attendants at various airlines around the world is that when they are brought in or members of their organization, their friends or colleagues that they know are brought into some of the product development processes and they're able to share their perspective from the front line and the so-called real world, they feel much better because there's good information sharing in both directions and they understand the decisions or at least better understand decisions management is making. But importantly, they feel management takes away some inputs and looks beyond certain things. Like Lee talked about how some airlines only cater once a day and that's it. And the crew is left on the last segment of the day with very little to sell. You know, when, when, when the, the uh, uh, crew has more involvement and the airline realizes the importance of certain actions, such as a replenishment catering uh, uh, ac action, then that that goes a long way towards towards improving the passenger experience. Okay, but mm. if we talk, we agree between the three of us. Okay, we need the cabin crew to be involved. We need them to be connected. We need to give them the tools. Victoria, maybe you knew you know this much better. <laughs> Why they don't have the tools? Because I think digital devices, connectivity, all this stuff is mm. it's not new. I think it's it's two thousand twenty two. So. What, mm. what do you think are the, the key challenges to giving them this information? Mm. And I'm not even talking about what we were talking about initially, mm -hmm. then connecting this information from other sources, because I yep. think that's a whole another challenge. But let's start just simple, just pure digital tools for selling, for getting passenger information. I can tell you about my last experience. I tra traveled after a while to over Atlantic to U.S., and I wanted to buy something on board, but I think what they told me that I should have downloaded the app before uploaded my credit card while mm. on the ground, if I wanted to buy something on board and because I didn't, I couldn't. So it was like this typical mm. friction that we see on the internet that we try to remove as much friction. And this gave me a little bit, okay, yeah. somebody's playing it safe. Somebody's playing this with operation in mind, not with this retail mindset. So. 
What is the challenge, Victoria? Where do you see the gaps in ga- <laughs> giving gaming crew the tools? Is it priorities, like you said before, and cascading down, or is mm. it something else that you see? Well, first of all, I still stand strong by priorities. I don't think the cabin crew digitalization is priority for any airline. It's because it's not, um, if you put it in the airline words, it's not mission critical, right? I mean, they can sell the stuff that they have on board without any digital tools. It's still going to sell. Maybe it's just a little bit different approach to the customer, maybe a little bit more engagement. But essentially, they don't have to have it to make sure that the flight goes ahead, right? As I said, if the passengers are on board, they are on board, we just take off and go. That's it. Um, The second challenge, if we're going to be going past that, (laughs) the second challenge is how different the airline operations are. What we've countered is the heavy problem of how the directions going into a little bit, there's like different pathways that airlines are taking to create their business models. And they're so different and so vast. It's like, um, it's basically like tree roots. <laughs> so, and when you're trying to bring a tool to the tree root to make sure that everything is matching, it's not happening because everybody's got a different priority once again. Even, uh, everybody's got a different style of operation. Everybody's running their crew differently. Everybody's selling different stuff. Everybody's buying different stuff. Everybody is offering their passengers different stuff. The complexity just goes on and on and on. It's exponential uh, explosion of different possibilities that you can account for. So the problem that they have with that, so either you can develop tool in-house that will perfectly match all your processes, no questions asked. It's, you know, your supplier, you know how it's going to be delivered in flight. You know who is buying it. You know how they're going to purchase it in flight. You know who's selling it. You do it yourself and you make sure that it's fully matching, matching and that it's fully aligned with your process, which is extremely expensive. I mean, having a development team in-house, it's not something airlines want to do these days. It's, um, it's not really cost-effective, especially when it comes to just digital tools for the cabin crew. And the second thing is to get um, an application from a third-party provider. But once you get to that stage, you ask them questions. So do you do the process like that? Does the process matches how I'm doing my things? And I think it's probably not, and you have to compromise. And then the question comes back again, well, do I want to invest into something I want to compromise? (laughs) Do I want to invest in the things that will probably make me change my processes that I'm not really comfortable with? Although a lot of times it's changed for the better, in my opinion. Exactly. So, <laughs> and uh, this is where uh, it takes us to the final part is education. <laughs> okay. Understanding the role of the cabin crew is way beyond just in the moment, just being there for the passenger, just in flight. Is The interactions that they will have with the passenger will impact many things from the ground uh, to up to the passenger, the, to the post-flight, to how the passenger saw the experience overall, to how the airline is operating, and it's and this I think is the 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 thing that we start with is how well is an airline aware of the impact the cabin crew is having when they're in flight and interacting with their passengers? Do they understand that it's a massive decision maker post flight? Do they understand that they bring value beyond any operational stuff? Do they understand that the passengers will retain be retained and will stay with them after a successful interaction and that this value will translate into overall success and brand recognition and 
word of mouth and will cascade down into more value that you can uh, put down as ROI. And this is the fourth point that I wanted to bring you is the ROI. So how do you express the cabin crew interaction with passengers in the monetary volume? Because every single decision, every single investment needs to be made with the fact and with the considerations that it's going to be returned in a very good value, right? But maybe retailing helps here. I don't know, because what you are talking about in terms of, okay, customer satisfaction, uh, customer retention, lifetime value. I work in digital marketing for a long time and I know these calculations are not so straightforward and so simple, you know? (laughs) And, but if you are, and I'm not talking, you shouldn't do that. Of course you should, but I'm saying it's just, it's a lot of time. It's also a long-term investment. But Mm. when we are talking onboard retailing or in general retailing, if you can prove, okay, we increased the retailing, but X amount in a short amount of time, I think this can help with the ROI. CETA is the air transport industry's IT provider, delivering solutions for airlines, airports, aircraft, and governments. Our technology powers more seamless, safe, and sustainable air travel. With around 2,500 customers, CETA's solutions drive operational efficiencies at more than 1,000 airports while delivering the promise of the connected aircraft to customers of 18,000 aircraft globally. CETA also provides a technology solution that helps airlines worldwide bring their cabin crew into the digital era with an all-in-one digitalization tool. CrewTab, the tablet application for cabin crew, transforms daily airline operations from the ground up unlocking the highest level of resource optimization, ultimate cost savings, innovative revenue generation opportunities, and maximum passenger satisfaction. Really smart retailing is about having all the items that your uh, customers know they want, and, and as well as a critical mass of the items that they don't know they want, but they'd really like to have and you've got to be able to sell it and make money on it. Now, granted, the logistics and the challenges of doing this on an airplane are very different than in a store, regardless of where that store is on the ground. And compromises are going to have to be made. But the point that, you know, the points that Victoria made about the lack of understanding airlines, airline leadership have about the role and the impact flight attendants can have on the journey beyond just basics like being nice, being well-trained, being available, uh, uh, you know, that, that cannot be underestimated. That's a very valid point. And then what is the ROI? You know, to be very honest, I think we have to look beyond just the immediate ROI of did the airline make a profit selling that morning beer for his talk or whatever it is on the Thank you. You know, uh, (laughs) but you know, whether it's an advanced seat reservation, priority boarding, Wi-Fi, uh, seat upgrade, cabin upgrade, an onboard product, duty-free, whatever it is that's associated with the onboard experience. You also have to look at the larger ROI. Does the passenger feel that they're getting good value from the airline and that the airline is offering the services and amenities, whether it's included in a fare or sold as extra, that distinguish the airline, that make the airline tangibly better and more relevant to that customer, so that ultimately when that customer is shopping, 
price isn't necessarily the most important thing, even, even for a budget airline. You know, that, that the customer says, you know what, I know when I fly this airline, yes, I'm getting a good fare. And yes, they fly me from the airport. I, I'm, you know, between the points A and B, I'm traveling to that day. But that there are these other matters, both very rational and some emotional that come together and that the traveler says, aha, yes, this is why I prefer this airline over others and why I will give it uh, more of my business and maybe even pay a premium relative to the average customer on that airline or to other airlines that are in the market. That's absolutely true, Henry. And I, I'm sorry to jump in, but I have just something to add to that. <laughs> it's extremely burning because um, just um, uh, step back. So our customers are airlines, right? But we enable them to serve passengers. So when we ask ourselves, who are our passengers? Is that an airline or the end, end, end user? Is that a passenger then? But to understand everything, we need to go back, right? So we need to start from the passenger, jump back to the airline and back to us. So we need to make sure that along the line, we cover the needs of everybody. So what I was recently looking for is a project that we're doing is how our products impact in passengers. So we just skip the airlines and we look at the passengers, the way they use our products, the way they interact with them, and most importantly, what they get out of that and what value it brings to them and what experience they're having by having these products on board, right? And Henry, it's going back to you. It's looking at the, at the end user persona, who they are, why they do it, what is their thinking, what is their motivation, what are their life goals, what is their aspiration, what, what just drives them. And it's an extremely and fascinating exercise that we did internally. And we identified these three amazing personas. It was Michael, Natalie, and Ollie <laughs> who are using our products. But the motivations that they have are extremely different. So, And Henry, you can relate to that because I was listening to you. You are the business flyer. And you want to be connected because you want to carry on working on your stuff, right? So you're basically our Michael. You want to make sure that you're on board. You... And I'm the only who just wants the, the my beer, right? Exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like where this is going. You know, <laughs> you know what? There's a little bit of, of all three personas in each of us, regardless exactly. of gender, right? Because, you know, on one trip, we're business person on another trip or leisure on another trip maybe it's a combination maybe your parent yeah. maybe yeah. you have kids traveling solo whatever exactly. it may be exactly and again this just adds to the complexity you know that you were talking about victoria you know how mm. do you meet this extraordinarily broad set of needs mm. within the physical confines and to be honest, the weight confines that an airline has, yeah. you know, because every bit of weight that that we add to a plane that's not a seat, you know, means that may be one less seat available. You know, they may be able to put one fewer seat on the plane. Mm. You got me intrigued, Victoria, with this personas and end customer and the product, because this is what we do on the digital space, on the online space, So we, where we are yeah. trying to plan the UX, the digital experience. We try to get different use cases, different tasks to be done by different scenarios. And this mm -hmm. is how we do it. So I'm really curious what was the result of the exercise or what was, let's say, one scenario or one case of a persona and a product that uh, 
you can then uh, deliver, like you said. Well, as I explained, we looked at it. It would. It's not something we need to do. We, as a B2B business, mm. we can just look at our buyer persona. But because we want to go deeper and understand who essentially we're serving, mm-hmm. we looked into who is using it. And as we all know, guys, and you know that especially, you can't you can't feed everybody's values and needs, right? You, you can de- deliver your own personal value and you make sure that it covers the group of people that will be very interested in that. And this is your primary goal, to make sure that you capture the people that will be extremely interested. Uh, so the exercise was to look at who is using the connectivity in flight, who is okay. prepared to pay for it, why are they doing it, why do they want it? Because, you know, some people will go, as you talked, guys, with the other guests on this podcast, some people go into the flight and they just want to read the book. Maybe it's one one time a week they, when they can just read a book without being interacting, without interacting with someone just being disconnected and happy by themselves. But there are people who will be able to do that, and we can use that to have a conversations with airlines. So, you know, these are your customers who are using this connectivity. These are people who are really willing to pay for that. And why are they doing it? So this is the messages that you can send to them before they're making the decision to go with you. So, for example, I'll go back to Natalie. She is a mother of two. Uh, she's got a need to make sure that when she's on board, she's got a, she's got a time for herself to make sure that the, her kids are connected. Her kids are using the internet to just uh, distract themselves and that she's got the time to ensure that she can verify all her travel arrangements, to make sure that she can catch up on her emails, do some work, have some time for herself as well. So her goal is to just look at that and make sure that the kids are distracted. And for the airlines, when we're having conversations with them, we can say that, look, this is your customer in this specific region. This is the customer you'll typically encounter. So how do you make sure, like, these are the some of the ideas that you can offer to these people to make sure that they'll come with you and that will stay with you and that they'll continue to use your service and they'll continue to engage with you and purchase the connectivity that you have in flight. So this is the narrative that we looked at um, looked at uh, quite recently yeah yeah and maybe here i'll go back between this gap on board and then mm. because i think we know some of these personas if not when they're on our website but we know once they're booking so we can build this and then we can maybe communicate in the right time mm. even before or we can even bundle let's say onboard connectivity in our i don't know onboard bundles or we can sell them like pre-booking or at check-in and this is where i think we are there lies the opportunities but maybe we are a good half an hour into the show so maybe we can end uh, slowly and try to focus uh, on the opportunities victoria in terms of onboard uh, retailing or in general retailing is the connectivity the one that you see where is the most opportunities because obviously everybody is wanting it and most um, maybe the same question also for you henry where where do you guys see opportunity biggest, for whom let's say <laughs> opportunity let's say uh, ideally and this is not now i'm not joking because when we teach about mm. ancillary products or uh, ancillary revenue i think the best ancillary product is once or not ancillary ancillary is just an airline invention mm. of a word let's say a- any product the best product is ones that solves customer 
needs or a problem, but also generates uh, revenue, profit, margin for the airline. So let's say both, ideally. Where do you see the biggest opportunities? Hmm. Henry, I'll let you speak because I was speaking for a while now. It's <laughs> no, okay. Henry will reach in his research <laughs> back and tell us by percentage what are the top in demand. We, we, we know this we, and, and, and the data. <laughs> I told you, Victoria. Sorry, I, told you. <laughs> I wanted to hear yeah. that again. <laughs> we, we know that, that uh, products like seat reservations and Wi-Fi uh, are very, very important regardless of the country. Uh, you know, we see a substantial number of, of travelers uh, that want these, uh, even if, by the way, they don't like having to pay for it, uh, 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 they want to be able to have these because what do they do? They provide certainty and they enhance connectivity, especially, obviously, in the case of Wi-Fi on the plane. But it both have to be what the passenger considers to be a reasonable price. And so... This is a challenge. Seat assignments, seat reservations are completely within the control of the airline. Wi-Fi may not be in terms of how it's priced, but if the airline can figure out, oh, okay, this is a family and they book their fares long in advance and they book one of our lower price fares, perhaps they can extend an offer for the Wi-Fi in advance that rewards the customer for signing up early uh, and locks them in with a low price for the flight or all of their journeys on a day if they're making a connecting itinerary. But people also want the items on the plane that will contribute to an enjoyable journey that reduce what they perceive to be hassle and stress. So that means perhaps letting them pre-order meals or you know, snacks or beverages or whatever but what that's going to be is going to, to vary. And this is the challenge that the airline faces. Um, uh, you know, and what we see is that the airlines are really good about seat reservations and Wi-Fi. They're not so good with the so-called soft product. That's an area that definitely needs more attention. This is where a digital tool on the plane can be really, really effective. Because, but the airlines have to configure it in the right way and train the flight attendant in the right way. You can't just record sales. You have to configure the devices and train the cabin crew so that they can also report missed sales opportunities. You know, we, you know, on, on this fifth leg of the day, somebody really wanted that, that fruit and cheese box, but we sold out of it on leg three. And so, you know, we are not fulfilling customer opportunities. So this is really, I think, where airlines need to look. It's not just what's selling, mm -hmm. what's not selling and why. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing point, Henry. And I totally see that because what we're looking at um, at the moment is trying to figure out how passengers are buying stuff and what's using the predictive analytics to figure out what they're going to buy next, right? Because this is absolutely right. There's not, if you're in the cabin, it's not like you're entering in a massive shop with all of these choices. You're very, very confined to the space that you have and you can only carry as many things. But the question is, what do you carry to make sure that you sell it all? And you want to carry something that you don't want to land with. You want to make sure that everything goes and you make the most profit. 
And I think this is where the big tech and the good data, data, data <laughs> said by Emilia will come in place, where we looked at the things that people are buying and trying to predict what they're going to buy next and putting it on board. But yeah. what Henry said, it's like, even for good predictive models, if you're looking at the wrong things, the models will mm. be wrong. So if you're not looking at what customers are not buying, yeah. I don't know if you guys know this story from Second World War Two. When Americans were trying to, I think Americans were trying to optimize the bombers, yeah. you know, the the planes. And they said, okay, where were the hit? And they just analyzed the planes that returned to base, not the ones mm. that were crashed. So they were optimizing the wrong thing. So I think this is the same thing when you say, mm. okay, are we looking at the right data? Can I guys add a little bit of anecdote in here? No, no anecdotes on this show. It's a, it's a very good, it's a very no, good one because I think we love them. So just go ahead. I think it's gonna highlight the point extremely yeah. well because it's extremely relatable. So it was, uh, it was delivered to me by my lecturer. He used to be a flight attendant uh, for many, many years, uh, going from one airline to another, and uh, she was a senior flight attendant in a business uh, with the business class passengers. And she was going around and asking if the passengers wanted the Pepsi because they ran out of Coca-Cola. And she was approaching, she approached this person and she was like extremely insistent that would they like the Pepsi. And they kept refusing, although they wanted the drink. And the reality was that the person was working for Coca-Cola <laughs> and they could not have a Pepsi because it was just out of, <laughs> it was just absolutely out of their minds. Even imagine drinking a Pepsi as a Coca-Cola <laughs> employee. <laughs> so, so, and this is the point. Why why don't we have Coca-Cola to begin with? Why couldn't we sell it? Why a person doesn't want to buy a Pepsi? And what do we do about it, right? <laughs> and this is extremely complicated because people are just extremely unpredictable, right? <laughs> I mean, you might be going to the aircraft and thinking, I'm just not going to have my morning beer. But you sit down and <laughs> as soon as the trolley rolls down, you got. I'm going to have my morning beer now. <laughs> but I mean, some we have to trust in data, right? I mean, what we have is the only tool we have. But Henry, absolutely right. And Eastock, thank you for confirming that. We need to record the missed opportunities, absolutely. Because um, this is another layer that is not has, has not been really explored and maybe not really added. But if we understand why we don't have it, why didn't we, why didn't we sell it? And all counting all the missed opportunities that creates um, more wholesome and enhanced offering. Right. For Victoria, I have a question because I'm thinking right. about what Emilio shared, uh, you know, how some airlines have developed, you know, new advertising programs. And obviously when you have the personas that you've developed, you can use that to influence what, what advertisers you reach out to and, you use the data from the plane. Oh, people like this. They're less likely to like that, whatever it may be. But one thing I'm curious about mm -hmm. from, from your perspective at CETA is how is it when you try to sit down with your airline customers, uh, do they bring all the stakeholders that need to be at the table to the conversations you're having? Because we know airlines, like many mid-size and large enterprises can be very siloed. Yet one thing I've heard over the past couple mm -hmm. of years is that the COVID pandemic crisis forced airlines to bust down a lot of the silos in part because a lot of people uh, uh, left or, or we had sadly had to be furloughed. 
um, or laid off. But the other thing is that when you are in crisis mode, you need to have really good collaboration and you need the immediacy of communication. So are you seeing that collaboration and communication perhaps more now than in the past? Or is that still an area where airlines need to focus more? Well, um, funny you should ask, Henry, actually, because one of the values that we stand for is helping airlines with collaboration. Our focus is predominantly on the ground and moving things forward for the day of operations, right? So we want to make sure that the flight goes smoothly, everybody's engaged. But when it comes to talking to the stakeholders and explaining the value, communicating the story and saying how our products um, in together in partnership can help them, it's not so straightforward. We are talking to many stakeholders at the same time. Uh, we are trying to figure out who is the main stakeholder in any given airline. And the problem comes back to the reality that um, that I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, is that airlines are extremely different in the way they operate. So some of them would have a digitalization chief officer, right? Person who will look about in all of the tools, all of the data, all of the digital amazing things they can an airline can do to make sure that they succeed. Some of them don't have it at all. Some, some of them will have a person who is already having a different job to look into that. Some of them will heavily rely on engineering to figure it out, especially if it comes on things on board, right? Uh, things that related to the aircraft. They want to make sure that engineers are happy with what uh, we have to offer and happy to install whatever devices we have. And uh, communication is extremely disjointed. And the problem is to make sure that we communicate value to all of them, we'll make sure that we understand what the, everybody's problem is and just trying to solve it. But you're right. In our attempts to communicate, we're trying to bring the co collaboration aspect to that. We're trying to highlight coming back to the cabin crew. So if you give a digital to, to the cabin crew, it not only digitalizes the cabin crew, it also goes down to the ground into administration of your airline, right? So you have to think about all the reports that are being produced, all the passenger information that's being generated all of a sudden it just becomes digital and it can be directed to anybody who is involved. So we have to make sure that people understand that digitalization of the cabin crew translate, translates into digitalization of uh, many parts of different airline uh, departments. And this is the... This is the thing that we're trying to break is that you don't have to look at uh, your part of organization in a siloed way. That digitalization can bring many people and many stakeholders together. And this is like, if you go full circle, like you said, it goes also to ancillary, to retailing, because Absolutely. you get the data that we were saying before, then you can make better decisions, upsell better, sell better. And Absolutely. once in the future, when I see connecting the data, like I said, from a digital customer, from websites from mobile apps with the physical customer on board mm. I'll, be, I'll be really happy we are yeah. we are good quarter of an hour into the show so i think it was hard the, discussion it was hard discussion <laughs> it's, it's hard to stop <laughs> yeah hard to stop uh, and i think you guys uh, 
were great to talk. If you don't, Henry, if you don't have any anecdotes or anything else, <laughs> we can, uh, any closing thoughts? Well, I, I, you know, I think that, that Victoria just made a really important point that deserves to be emphasized. The need for collaboration is still very critical. And you know, we're probably doing a better job than we were, but we have a much better job to do ahead. And, and, Uh, you know, for example, the example of a, a, a Victoria you raised of a chief digital officer is that executive looking at all the digital tools that exist across the airline, which can be hundreds, maybe more uh, uh, at a midsize or large airline, not just the website, not just the mobile app, not just the airport kiosk. Um, uh, but are they looking at all of these tools? including the tools that are used uh, you know, on the airplane by pilots as well as cabin crew for whatever purposes they are. Are they getting the data they need? Have they thought through the information that's not being collected? I think this is something we need to start uh, focusing on. It's not just what we have, but let's think about what is the missing information that we would like and in fact need to have that would allow everybody to do their job better in serving the customer and serving the airline. Yeah. And I think, like you said, collaboration, I think it starts with education. I think this is something that Victoria mentioned as well. And I hope this chat was a small step or let's say a small contribution to the education part. So somebody can learn something new or just get some other ideas. At least I got some and uh, I hope you two guys did the same. And thank you for chatting and looking to do this sometimes in the near future again, right? Yes, thanks. Thank you so much. CETA is the air transport industry's IT provider, delivering solutions for airlines, airports, aircraft and governments. Our technology powers more seamless, safe and sustainable air travel. With around 2,500 customers, CETA's solutions drive operational efficiencies at more than 1,000 airports while delivering the promise of the connected aircraft to customers of 18,000 aircraft globally. CETA also provides a technology solution that helps airlines worldwide bring their cabin crew into the digital era with an all-in-one digitalization tool. CrewTab. The tablet application for cabin crew transforms daily airline operations from the ground up, unlocking the highest level of resource optimization, ultimate cost savings, innovative revenue generation opportunities and maximum passenger satisfaction.